Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is the nightcap on 700 WLW. Good evening. Gary Jeff Walker with you. Fantastic show tonight. Ohio State Rep. John Becker will join us in this hour about legislation legislation he's introducing to limit Governor DeWine's power. And along with that, uh, the edicts that we're all having to pay attention to as law, when they're not really law, by uh, Dr. Amy Acton. Looking forward to that. Lowell Ponte for our weekly visit. But the uh, raconteur and the author and uh, just one of the most intelligent guys I've ever met. Blake Boboski will be our guest in the 10 o'clock hour as well. He is uh, vice president or CEO of uh, was vice president of air purification for Puramax Filters. Uh, they make uh, filtration, HEPA filtration. And you know what? This is going to be a big deal. As people return to work and the bars and restaurants reopen with localized filtration that while they don't have the data that shows that they actually that they actually work on COVID-19, they certainly work on, on everything else, like 97% of all germs and bacteria and viruses and allergens. So I mean, this is going to be, I think his company is poised to really do some major business, not just commercially, but in your home, perhaps, too. Gregory Wrightstone will join us, along with Craig Cecilio, who's the uh, CEO and founder of Diversifund, letting you know as a small investor how you could be making money even right now in a down economy. We'll also talk to Dr. Chard, Dr. Kate Chard from UC Health, about stress and anxiety that has been brought out in the middle of the COVID-19 panic. And also, uh, Hamilton County Chairman Alex Triantafilu will join us at uh, certain points. Right now, between now and uh, about 10, your calls at 513-749-7000, First, Jeff, if you can, please, would you uh, strike up the band for me? It is May 4th. I know, because he's wearing his Star Wars shirt in the other room. If you are an aficionado, I am not, until Jeff is. If you are an aficionado, though, of the Star Wars trilogies and and prologues and all the other Star Wars stuff, this is your day. May the 4th be with you. If you ever... Went to an animal shelter after watching Star Wars looking for a Wookiee. If Han Solo was something more that you do in the bathroom by yourself. If you've ever been turned on by a green chick with purple horns coming out of her head playing a flute in the corner of a bar. This is your day. This is your day. 
And, I mean, Garth Brooks? No, Darth Vader, baby. It's Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. All right, to the phones we go. First off, Chris in Westchester. Hello, my friend. If you're 47 and still living in your basement with your parents, this is your day. <laughs> Stay at home, damn it. <laughs> I don't know my friend. How are you doing, buddy? How's Chris? Doing good. She's great. As far as I know, she was good when I left her, but you know how women can change. Flip on oh, a dime. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, when, I, when I left, no, Chris, when I left the house, she was my loving, devoted wife who couldn't wait for me to get back home. When I get home, you know how things can turn. I'm not saying this is going to happen. And, Krista, if you're listening, I don't expect this to happen. But you get that look the second you get the, the, the ice-cold stare, like, oh, God, what have I done now? Exactly. It, it can turn at any moment, is what and, I'm saying. You know, it's not the stare that bothers you. It's not even the look. It's the fact that they never really explain in detail so that you can get a grasp of the problem what you've actually done. Well, it's not. <laughs> no, Chris, Chris, Chris. It's not It's not what I said. It's the way I said it. Ah, and, and see, even then, they don't tell you really in what way did I say it to offend you. It was just enough to offend, and that's good enough for them. Sure. Okay, then we're on the same page. Now, real quick, I don't know if you or any of the other good-loving American people have actually been getting out and driving around a little bit and checking out their neighborhoods and some of their business areas and some of their strip malls, and I have. And I'm seeing the reality of what's to come when this so-called everything is turned back on. I went around today and just drove around the Westchester area and checked out a lot of the the areas, you know, Beckett and all the all the areas that have these strip malls and all these these new uh, areas sure. that were built up. That it just, I mean, we got some amazing areas, malls in, in the Westchester area. Twenty-seven, brother. Twenty-seven small businesses permanently closed. Signs in the windows: "Will not return." Permanently closed. Closed forever. Out of business. All gone. In, in every aspect, you know, from restaurants to small boutiques and salons, but permanently out of business by one means or another. Whether it they just started this, it kicked in at the wrong time for them, or the other one that's starting to grasp everybody: employees not returning. Employees saying, you know what, why the hell would I come back when I'm making way more money on unemployment, not realizing that if you quit, you moron, it stops. Yes. It doesn't continue. Okay, that, that, that money stops when you say, I'm not coming back. To, and your employer says, hey, they quit. I, I'm not, I know I'm not going to get the well, money. Well, Chris, 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 the, the other, Chris, the other big hurdle is going to be the people that simply will not come back. They're still so scared to death, petrified inside their homes. They're not going to come back out to a restaurant. Yeah, they're not going to come back out to a bar. And and I would say I would say roughly there'll be at least forty percent of the population initially that will not come back out. No matter. I mean, that's what they should have done to begin with. You quarantine exactly. the quarantine the people who are most vulnerable. You quarantine yep. the sick. You don't quarantine the healthy or shut anything down. No, no. people people are going to stay away in droves just by right. being scared to death without and an edict right from there. the governor you, or the public right, director. But right there, you just said it, brother, scared to death. I don't know if anybody really noticed this, but before the shutdown for about two weeks, all of the 
they did was scare the hell out of the public on CNN and all these other channels, and then they locked everybody down. So now people, like you say, are literally afraid to come back out and breathe fresh air because they don't see this fresh air anymore because they were scared to death before they were told to stay in their homes. And like, I'm with you. They're not coming back, brother. No, no, and there's going to be a segment of the population. You're right that'll that won't go back to work or will not come back out to play when they get the go ahead from, from whatever from whatever from whatever dictator is uh, currently iron gripping their state. Whoa, did you say dictator? That's just, let me make a quick little point, people. I, I don't know if anybody's ever really read your constitution, but you need to remember something about us. We have this great word called no governors cannot make laws. It doesn't work that no, way. No, they there can't. There is a process. They cannot enforce a law they've made up, okay? There is a process. <laughs> Why do you think all of these sheriffs and a lot of these other municipalities and all these police forces across the country are telling their governors, no, we're not going to enforce that because they know the governor can't make laws. Your state little constitution does not supersede the federal constitution. Exactly. That's how it works here, people. Love you. So they've they've got uh, thank you. They've got the Ohio Revised Code, which we'll go over with John Becker here at the tail end of this hour. That I guess is the loophole that they are using in Ohio to make these dictates have the power of law. But it's a really really slippery slope this code that they're using from the Ohio Revised Code that the public health director can, because of an infection or some kind of epidemic, issue guidelines that have the effect of law. But again, Mike DeWine not only took an oath to defend and protect the Constitution of the state of Ohio, but also the United States Constitution, as every governor in the United States does. When they, when they hold up their right hand and they're, they're being sworn in with their other hand on the Bible, they are, they are vowing a sacred oath to uphold the Constitution, not only of their state, but of the United States of America. And that includes the Bill of Rights, the first 10 amendments in that U.S. Constitution. Keep that in mind. China must die. Details ahead. 700 WLW. Communist China has done this to us. The evidence is becoming abundantly clear. And those people in this country, whether they be politicians owned by China or businesses who have profited from doing business with China over the last three, four decades, should be ashamed of yourself and you should give up your American citizenship or at least just sit down and shut up and let this play out against communist China the way it should. This started in a lab in Wuhan. We have plenty of, of intel on this now. It wasn't a wet market. It wasn't somebody biting the head off a bat. It escaped from the lab. Was it purposeful? Don't know that part. Very well, though, think about what President Trump and what the United States has done in the past three years before this. We became energy independent. We became the leading producer of energy on the globe for the first time ever. 
And we're talking about oil, natural gas, shale, the whole ball of wax. Number one, our economy zooming along at a rate we hadn't seen in 40 or 50 years. On the other side of the world, the other side of the coin is communist China. Faced with a president who finally stands up to their unfair trade practices and says, you know what, let's bring our companies home. Let's impose these tariffs until China decides to play fair. All about free trade and fair trade? Well, China wasn't playing that game, and we allowed them to do that as a country, presidential administrations, and businesses in the United States. If I never can buy a $12 shirt at Walmart again, it's fine. If I'm paying 25 bucks for a shirt made in the good old USA, I, I, I'm down with that. Or electronics, and we sure as hell ought to be bringing, I don't care what the logistics are. The president's moved pretty fast in the last couple of months, if you hadn't noticed, about mobilizing American technology, putting America first in the wake of this panic. We need to bring our manufacturing of crucial drugs, antibiotics, PPEs, masks, whatever we need, life-saving and life-sustaining equipment and businesses all need to come home. The good USFA. We need to divest ourselves completely of communist China. And Matt Reese played a, uh, a clip from ABC News and talking about this laying the groundwork for possible war with China. They've already declared war on us with this. The war is on. This We're in the middle of World War III. We just don't know it yet. The Chinese haven't attacked Pearl Harbor. They haven't uh, destroyed skyscrapers in New York City. They've taken down the entire U.S. economy with this planned sabotage. The war is on. We're busy fighting on the home front and fighting with each other instead of focusing on the real villain here, and that's communist China. And that's not racist or xenophobic. That's not blaming Chinese people, individuals. It's not blaming people with Chinese heritage or ethnicity. It is the government of communist China. That is our enemy. It's not Russia, although Russia and Putin would love to take advantage of us being in disarray, of our economy crumbling and collapsing, and of Americans sick and dying and losing our lust for life. But China, communist China, is the enemy. We need to convince Google and Apple and Disney and the NBA and anybody else who's doing business with communist China that the time for that is long over. And people who say, oh, you're a, you're a nationalist. That means you're a racist. You're an anti-globalist. That means you're xenophobic. No. The time for us to be complicit with the Chinese plan is long gone. So if it's war they really want, 
Uh, I know they've got a lot more people than we do, but I think we could uh, acquit ourselves nicely if we focused all our efforts. Because we're all in this together. But we certainly are not in this with communist China because they haven't been in it with us from the very beginning. They lied. They brought the virus here. They stopped all flights within China as soon as they knew they had a problem in Wuhan. They didn't stop the flights internationally out of Wuhan into the United States and globally around the world. How do you think it spread so quickly? If this is war, if China wants war, and they obviously have, they've declared war on the United States of America, let's give it to them. I'm all for it. This was their desperate last-ditch attempt in the wake of a president standing up to them for the first time in decades that the president of the United States stood up to communist China, this was their last-ditch, desperate effort to try and strike back. Dick from Dayton, good evening, sir. Hello, Gary Jeff. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. What about you, my friend? Good. I was telling uh, your producer, uh, I... uh... I was, uh, th- you know, Dalton went to the the, the Cowboys, but I, I, I heard on uh, ESPN yesterday that we're going to have football season this year, Gary Jeff. Yeah, there may be no fans in the stands. Yeah, there won't be any fans, but mm-hmm. uh, your producer said they're going to win eight games this year with Joe Burrow. I, I say they win six games this year, Gary Jeff. Cool. You have no idea. And neither does Jeff. The power of Joe Burrow is all-encompassing. It is. He is omnipotent, even as a rookie. Yes. Bengals go 12-4. and four. Bengals go 12-4. and four. It's a great day to be a Bengals fan. Dick, say goodnight. Good night, Gary, Jeff. Good talking to you, buddy. Yeah, same here. News now on 700 WLW. The night camp continues on 700 WLW. Gary Jeff Walker with you. 513-749-7000. 1-800-843-2441. Pound 700 on AT&T a freebie. And Terry in Adamstown. Good evening, Terry. Good evening, Gary Jeff. Hope so what's on, what's on your mind? Um, well, first of all, um, well, in regards to <clears throat> the United States going to war with China, I love your passion. I love your patriotism. But the last nation on earth I want to go to war with is China. Um, and if you'll permit me, I'd like to make two points. And uh, one's kind of tangential, but the other one is directly on point. Um, first of all, uh, and this isn't one of the two points, but in the very near, near future, I plan on going to China as a Christian missionary. That's a calling from God, and I intend on following that calling. Okay. Uh, but historically, People read the Bible, they misread something in the Bible that's very, very, very important. And I know this is the tangential. In the book of Daniel, uh, actually chapter 7, verse 4 in particular, but there's more in there. When Daniel has his first vision of these four beasts in uh, tribulation or at the end times, yes, uh, one of them is a lion with the wings of an eagle. And most people read that as historical rather than as prophetic. So they read it as something that's already happened rather than something that's in the future. Well, we know that this is future events because he's seen tribulation. Yeah. And the lion is not England. The lion is China. The U.S. is going to come under China rule and be dominated by China. Um, And if you 
uh, want to take the time and do a little bit of study yourself. Uh, China once upon a time had a lion that's now an extinct species. They call it the dog lion, but there's much, much, much Chinese art dedicated to it. And recently, on their five-point flag, their seven-point flag, and their 12-point flag, China has added that lion to their flag. So the, the lion, not the panda, is actually now the, the national emblem for China. But most people don't know this. So you're, so, you're saying that uh, the biblical prophecy says that the lion is China, and for that to be fulfilled, we have to be under China's control. Uh, in the beginning. We're going, to be, we're going to be dominated by China at the beginning of tribulation. So between now and tribulation, the time of tribulation, the U.S. will come under Chinese rule, and then we're going to gain our freedom again. All right, Terry, get to your other point real quickly, sir. All right, I will. Um, so my other point is this. Um, if you were a superpower and you had a weapon, wouldn't you do a test run before you did the actual weapon? Yeah. And so do you think if China actually created this as a biological weapon, that this is the one they intend on using in time of war, or do you think maybe they have one that's much, much, much more devastating, maybe one with a 100% fatality rate? Well, I, I guess my point, uh, Terry, as, as to going to war with China, we're already there. Uh, and, and I'm not talking about a kinetic war, but they've already fired the first shot, whether it's a test or however you regard what has been done with uh, COVID-19 and what we're going through right now. Uh, they've already they've already fired the first shots. So what are we supposed to do? Turn the other cheek? Well, I completely agree with you on that. But the time to stop China was when they went into Hong Kong. That was when we should have drawn the line in the sand. We should have taken out the bridge that connects China, connected Hong Kong to the mainland, and we should have secured Hong Kong, and we should have sank anything that came across that that uh, channel. I pray you're successful with your Christian mission. And, Thank you. Uh, and. Uh, Thanks for witnessing tonight for us. Anthony and Batavia, what are your thoughts on China? Uh, Gary, first-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, thank you, brother, for having me. I'm going to be a long-time listener from now on. Oh, good. And, uh, and Terry, uh, God bless you, brother, for speaking the word. Uh, Daniel 7-4, great verse, man, way to go. China has been the enemy. Now, with the virus, you wouldn't buy a Shelby Cobra and just uh, – you know, just take it out for a little spin. You're going to give it hell for the first time. So I, I think that I'm sorry about my language, but That's I think okay. the, the virus is adequate given what you're saying about China's China's attacks on the United States, not just politically, but everything. It's it's been a wreck. I think the virus has been here a little bit longer than we've we truly anticipated. I, I truly do. We've seen some sickness. It's just finally I can't, being reported. Uh, Anthony, I, I can't tell you that how, how much my wife and I both talked about this how much we want the antibody test to be available to us because we both believe we were exposed to this in late December, early January. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a retired medically Marine. I spent three tours in Iraq and one in Afghanistan, so I've been around this game a little bit and, and you know, what I see. And like you said, it is the enemy. It's no different than Islam. It's been our enemy for the long time. As far as the war, uh, you know, we'll, it has been a war. I mean, it, no matter how you dice it up and look at it, whether it's physically or technologically or te technologically or, or trade or, or whatever the case may be, you know, so the, I agree with you, brother. The Anthony, the problem 
that that I'm having with this is if you really take time to look at it, this is something we have essentially done to ourselves, selling our soul to China for short-term profit or short-term savings. Look at where yes, it's got, look at where it's gotten us now. I, I agreed. I mean, I think we make just as good as vehicles over here in the United States. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I drive a Shelby Cobra, and I love her. I, I think we probably make better PPEs if we just dedicated ourselves to doing it. Thank you very much. Whatever China can do, we can do better and should. And we should do better for ourselves because that, in turn, would benefit the rest of the world. Believe all women. That's like saying believe all radio producers or believe all talk show hosts or believe all used car salesmen. Can anyone be believed 100% of the time, all the time? No. I'm being honest with you this time when I tell you, you can't believe any group of people universally hands down. And we'll we'll find out what happens with the uh, hypocritical progressive left and Joe Biden if they actually mean what they say about the, as I like to call it, the pound Me Too movement or not. Uh, and then there's New York City. You want to talk about some dictators. You want to talk about somebody acting like President Xi in communist China. That's Bill de Blasio, the mayor of New York City. Jeff just shared with me a video of the police. These are serious takedowns of people just for being outside, just for going outside and getting valuable vitamin D, which we'll talk about later, which actually can help you stave off COVID-19. I mean, the, these people are, are taking these the police, and I don't blame the police. They're just following orders. They're doing their duty. I wish some of them would step up and go, you know what, this isn't what I signed up for, tackling innocent citizens for being outside. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Comrade de Blasio. Jeez. All right, so John Becker will be our guest up next from Union Township. He is an Ohio State representative and until his term is done. He was term limited out, but he is introducing a bill into the Ohio House to limit Governor DeWine's power, or any governor that follows him. So what we're going through right now, we will never face again for the so-called sake of public health. I mean, do we still live in the United States of America? Are we living in the United Soviet Socialist Republic of Ohio? Or Kentucky, for that matter. Thank you, Governor Bashir, for that. I still want to send Bashir and DeWine both boxes of tampons, because apparently they need them. John Becker up next on the Nightcap on 700 WLW. Continue on this nightcap. First off, what took you so long? (laughs) Well, you know, I was kind of distracted uh, running a a primary trying to win a commissioner's office out here in uh, Claremont County. 
and uh, and also kind of while all this was going on, you know, the governor was talking about uh, you know May first was going to be uh, some some new orders, and uh, so I was kind of kind of half paying attention to the news on this. And I thought, well, you know, so you know, surely he's going to, you know, kind of, kind of back off and uh, lift all this on May the first. No, he's don't, and don't call me Shirley. Yeah, and and uh, so May the first came, and, and and you know, so Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Issues these extending this order to the 29th. I'm like, what the hell? All right, so we're done here. So something's got to be done, and something's got to be done now. So I got looking at the code. And this is something I've been thinking about for a while. And you know, the where was this ORC? There's a higher vice code uh, 3701.13. There's a little clause in there. There's actually a, a two two separate paragraphs that maybe they're pulling some of this authority from. And I'm looking through this, and I thought, you know, this is pretty specious to begin with on on how they're taking this little snippet of code and uh, using that to shut down the entire state of Ohio, you know, our, our entire mm-hmm. society, the entire economy. I thought, well, okay, so we have, an, we have an abuse of power going on. I thought, well, if the courts, you know, I thought hopefully the courts would step in and do something. Well, I don't, well that hasn't happened yet. But in the meantime, the, you know, the General Assembly can. There's been a lot of demands from his, for his uh, impeachment, and I've been, uh, you know, resistant to that. Was, you know, I guess, you know, especially early on where there was this pandemic going on and like, well, you know, let's get on the other side of that and we can discuss impeachment. So then when May the 1st came and I got looking at this, I thought, well, the General Assembly can do impeachment. The General Assembly can also, uh, override these, these orders and change the, you know, 3701.13 to, to strip them of the power. So that's the route I went down. So I called, called the bill. Uh, need Ohio working now. So of course I like doing uh, acronyms, and, uh, and so I sent that out for co-sponsors' support. And the idea is that it just requires the uh, the General Assembly to approve any uh, orders that come out of the Department of Health. So you know the next time there's a pandemic of this type, and, and by the way, it'll reverse the, the current orders. It makes them all advisory rather than mandatory. So you know if something like this happens in in the future. You, know, you don't have one person that can just shut down all of Ohio, you know the entire state of Ohio. Well, John Becker, I understand you're looking at Ohio Revised Code and the like, but the governor also took an oath to uphold and defend the United States Constitution. Did he not? Well, that's a great point. When, and 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 so and under the United States Constitution, even state lawmakers cannot take away any of your rights in the Bill of Rights. Yeah, well, right, and, you know, and he canceled the election and claimed, well, oh. you know, they didn't really cancel the election; they closed the polling location. So that, well, okay, let the courts figure that one out. But yeah, to me, that's tantamount to closing an election. Well, that's- a judge did figure it out and said you can't do it, and he did it anyway. Well, that was 
Well, okay. So, so the technical difference here is that he wanted. So, yeah, Dewine goes on on TV and says, uh, "Yeah, I don't have the authority to cancel an election." Well, he's right about that. So, but his health director went, went. Then, I guess a couple hours later, they got talking about. It, so they figured, well, we do have the authority to actually close the polling locations because of because of health concerns. Well, that's tantamount to the to canceling election. It's really the same thing. And then they go out and say, well, we're going to do this on June the 2nd, him and Frank LaRose. Well, they don't have the authority to do that either. So then you've got all these voters out there still thinking, even though the 28th came and went, still thinking they've they got plenty of time, the election's June the 2nd. This whole thing was a cluster to begin with. It was all started by DeWine. Well, and, and that's it. Uh, I understand you told the Inquirer that you have personally been flooded with calls and emails from your constituents, frustrated with the state's economy not fully reopened. Uh, nearly 1.1 million Ohioans, about 18% of the state's workforce, filing for unemployment. And we've seen what it's done nationally all over the country, John. And I guess my question is, now that they have screwed the pooch so famously in their skirting around uh, these issues and imposing these iron glove uh, guidelines they call mandatory, which as you rightly point out in your bill, they should be good ideas and recommendations if people choose to follow them, but they're not laws. None of these are laws. Well, I can't, well, well, well they have the power of law, and that's the problem. And, uh, you know, I, I can't imagine a court actually, uh, you know, convicting somebody or even, you know, a prosecutor going after somebody. Well, maybe you'll, you'll find rogue prosecutors here and there. But, uh, you know, in a court actually getting a conviction on any of this, I mean, we have an epic violation of civil liberties. Even if you were to say, you know, this was really a good idea, you know, uh, Governor DeWine, you know, shutting down the economy, it was the right thing to do. Well, you know, is it ever the right thing to do to violate the Constitution, violate the, no. the, the law of the state of Ohio? No. <laughs> so, you know, so even if it's, quote, unquote, the right thing to do, it's illegal. <laughs> why, why do they not get this? Well, I, well, the, the and how come, how come more people, you know, you said you've been flooded with calls and emails from your constituents. What in what in what districts, in what areas have these state lawmakers not been flooded with calls? And I would think it would be uh, across the board, but apparently not. Like I made a point earlier, Gretchen Whitmer, with all of her awful decisions as governor of Michigan and her power grabs. She still has a 64% approval rate. I, I think DeWine's in the state, the latest poll was over 80%. How are people not seeing what's clearly in front of them? Well, that's a good point. And, uh, you know, we are, uh, you know, a government of the people, uh, by the people, and the, the, the people support what the, the governor is doing. And so the, so the governor is getting away with it. And, uh, you know, there's plenty of outrage here in Claremont County, I can assure you, and I'm hearing it statewide. You know, but I tell you, the calls and emails to my office and, uh, and information that I'm getting from people, it is overwhelming that, uh, you know, this needs to be stopped. I mean, initially people kind of looking the other way, thought, well, maybe there's a real problem here. So it wasn't a big outcry for it. But once May the 1st, I'll give you an example. So, you know, I'm, so I'm talking to voters, and, I, and I'm talking to this lady who said, uh, you know, early on, I mean, she was all in, wearing the mask, and we, we need to, you know, sterilize everything. And she even threw her kids out of the house. She said, you know, kids, you know, adult children, they were, you know, had jobs, and she told her kids, she said, you know, look, you can't, you know, if you're going you're to either have to quit your job and stay hunkered down in the basement because I don't want you going out and coming back in and bringing home a virus or, or don't come home. 
So she actually made other living arrangement, uh, arrangements for her children so they could keep their jobs and, and everybody stay safe. So I'm talking to her after May the 1st, and she said, this is ridiculous. This has got to change. So here's a lady, just as an example, who was, uh, who was you know, all the way over on one side. She was and, on board at the beginning. Yeah, and now yeah. she's flipped, and, now she's, and now, now she's on the side of, you know, this is crazy, and, 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 and the madness needs to stop. Well, I kind of, I kind of am, am reminiscent of the late Marge shot. And one of the uh, many controversial statements Marge made uh, in her lifetime, and that was Hitler was good at first, and then he went too far. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's what she said. That's a direct quote from Marge Schott. And I'm not calling Mike DeWine Hitler, but you get the idea. I, I, I do, and I would not want to make any comparisons with Hitler or DeWine either. No, God, no. But, uh, yeah, and and you do agree that they're... Probably will be more infections and hospitalizations if things open up, but the orders are a major violation of civil liberties, and it is illegal. And I'm glad that somebody in Ohio, from a uh, from an elected standpoint, is pointing this out. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the cure here has been been worse than the disease, and and you know, we're clearly on the downside of the curve. Now, these estimates apparently are wildly overestimated to begin with. And it didn't make sense that, uh, that, well, you know, we don't want to overwhelm the... the, the Hospital system. Of yeah. course, yeah. That made good sense to me. Of course, nobody wants to, again, that doesn't justify illegal orders. So I was thinking, okay, Becker, what if you were governor? What would you be doing different? Well, they got to be going on TV and saying, hey, you know, people, we need to hunker down. This is serious. You know, this is contagious. Blah, blah, blah. Give them numbers. Be transparent and say, hey, you know, I don't have the authority to shut down the economy. I don't have the authority to shut down the state of Ohio. You know, bring in the General Assembly. You know, we'll see what laws they want to pass. If they want to shut everything down, if it holds up in court, then, then so be it. I don't have the authority to do it. All I can do is recommend everybody be careful, stay safe, and, and, and uh, you know, be, be, be cautious out there, especially people that are older and with underlying health conditions. Well, John Becker, be saying. John Becker, what about this? If the governor had said, look, if you're, if you're sick, stay home. Yes. And, and you know what? We're going we're gonna to make allowances for those people who are staying home who are missing work we're going to allow we're going to make allowances for them to get unemployment until they are better yeah how fine. about that that was that was an easy thing sure. if if you feel well and you're not in a vulnerable age group and you're not sick you're not sick go to work yeah there's a lot there's a lot the state can be doing to be yes. helping people without violating their civil liberties i agree uh, John Becker, thank you very much for your time, and I wish you great success with this because uh, while I'm not a resident of the state of Ohio, I'm on the air at this radio station in Ohio talking to Ohioans, and I want them to have the best the best chance to live a constitutionally protected life in the United States of America. We're on the same page. Thanks for having me on the program, Mr. You Walker. Bet. John, John Becker, state rep out of Claremont County. Welcome back into the nightcap on 700 WLW for this Monday night, May 4th. May the 4th be with you, 2020. Gary Jeff Walker. And joining us now, frequent guest, in fact, uh, lately weekly guest. And I have him on, not just to kill time, and certainly not to bore you, because he's never boring, not to me anyway. Uh, I have him on because he's got such great chops and such great instincts about the stories of the day and his turn on those star of stage screen. I don't know if he's old enough to be a star of the stagecoach, but we'll get into that later. Radio, television, 
newspapers, and also WND.com, where he writes a weekly or biweekly column. Is it weekly or biweekly, or or does it uh, not have a sexual preference? Oh, it, it's weekly. All right, weekly column in WND. You know, we, we believe in, in Lowell Ponte. meat on Fridays at WND. There you go. Well, I, I believe in having meat, too, as long as it's a nice cheek of tilapia. Well, uh, it's interesting that you say stagecoach, because just the other day my wife called uh, Wells Fargo, yes. which is the great stagecoach bank, still quite prosperous in California and elsewhere, right. uh, to ask what hours they were open. She wanted to go down and do something. And they said, well, we're open now, but when you come, be sure to wear a mask. Yes. And I thought there was a time <laughs> if you walked into a Wells Fargo bank in the olden days wearing, wearing a mask, mask. <laughs> that would be a problem. This shows how much we've changed as a society. Oh now God. you must wear a mask when you go in. Uh, the uh, <laughs> the point of Lowell's latest column in WND.com, uh, published last week, was uh, the stay safe moniker, but more important than that, stay free about your personal liberties being absolutely just ignored by governmental authorities in the name of public safety. And you, you mentioned this, too. The, uh, last week we were talking about this as you were planning uh, for your column's release. There's a poster of uh, an old galleon ship in a Renaissance port, and it says, ship safe at harbor. But ships weren't meant to stay in the harbor, and human beings the same, right? Right. I mean, we all have a purpose, and the ship's purpose was not just to stay in the harbor and be safe. It was actually to go somewhere, to do something. And that's our challenge. I mean, we're doing very little right now. And as a result, uh, what do we see in our economy? Well, we see essentially collapse. I mean, the economy is falling by 20 to 30 percent a year, could fall by 50 percent this year. Uh, we're seeing 30 million Americans out of work as the economy grind close to a halt. Uh, this is the end of livelihood, if not of life. And how long we can we do that before we simply cave in as a society? Well, that's an interesting question. Now, why, why we bring this up is it used to be, yes, as, as medical people have pointed out, we used to quarantine people, but they were the sick people who yeah. were quarantined. Now they're quarantining everybody. Oh, except, of course, they're letting violent criminals out of prison in many <laughs> liberal cities, but they're making you and me become prisoners in our own home. Oh, and threatening us with, in fact, jail time if we don't adhere to their guidelines, which are not legal, they're just recommendations. They try to make us think that they're, they're laws, but of course no one ever passed a law and signed a bill into being on this, on the state level or on the federal level. So they're not laws, they are recommendations, and they may be good ideas. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Ideas for a limited period of time or the like, but they're really not, they have no basis in the law, do they? No, and many of them are quite extreme. For example, in Los Angeles right now, the in, the hip thing, is for homeless protesters, leftist activists, to, by hook or crook, get into a hotel and then simply occupy it. Bring in homeless people to stay in the hotel room and dare the hotel to evict them. Well, we've seen that in New York City with the subway system. Exactly. And, of course, this is a tremendous health hazard and so on. But the point is an utter disregard for all traditional values such as private property on which the society was built. And so we're seeing a massive collapse of the culture going on. And all of this in the name of the arbitrary authority that various mayors and governors have taken onto themselves. For example, uh, Governor Newsom in California saying, I'm going to revenge on those political conservatives in Orange County. I'm going to close their beaches, but make everybody else's beaches open in California. Well, thank you. All that means is Orange County people will swarm down to San Diego and up toward Los Angeles mm-hmm. and flood their beaches. Uh, but it, it's rather disturbing to think that these lawmakers are so intoxicated by, by shooting up mainstreaming this kind of power for themselves that uh, a Gretchen, what's her name, Whitmer, Whitmer in Michigan, Michigan example, yeah. can decide that, well, all right, you can go into this Home Depot, but you're, and you're allowed to buy a new plumbing fixture, but you're not allowed to buy a book on how to install it. <laughs> and while you're there, you're not allowed to buy a packet of seeds to plant in your backyard. No, of course, because that would be unhealthy. I mean, that would be unsafe. So arbitrary. Yeah. I... So capricious. But you know what? This isn't really the beginning of this move in this country with our uh, leaders, be they elected or be they appointed or be they just bureaucrats, this is more the culmination of what we've been uh, kind of expecting over the last 20 to 30 years, isn't it? Oh, for the last 100 years. Yeah. We've been moving toward progressivism, which means more and more power for the government, less and less power for you. Basically, it's a simple equation in free societies, according to Enlightenment views, and that is uh, free society makes the people large and the government small. A totalitarian or authoritarian society is one in which the government is large, which necessarily makes the people small. And a whole lot of politicians now are delighting in the people being made small by this capricious authority. Of course, that requires them to keep the plague going. This is one of the reasons why they were so eager to attack hydroxychloroquine, because it actually was a magic substance that had the potential if given early enough to people, simply to remove the fear. And by the way, the well, it still it still is, does, Lowell. 
It still well, it does, does have yeah. the potential to do that. David? But, I mean, that's why they had to shut it down in public opinion. Well, what's interesting, though, is there is a strange reversal that we see going on that I was just noticing in recent days. And that is, it used to be that it was conservatives, or pardon me, let's say it was liberals, who believed in freedom, freedom of choice, freedom to do what you wish, freedom to go out and gamble with your life. But now, it is these very leftists who used to believe in that, they said, who are locking down everything in the name of safety. Meanwhile, it's conservatives who are supposed to be very prudent, very frightened, very cautious, who are saying, oh, to hell with it. Let's go out and be free and be on the streets and risk ourselves in business and so on. Something something uh, you said previously struck me as being particularly humorous, and it's not the first time this has happened, Lowell, with us anyway. Um, you talk about authoritarian systems making the government large and thereby the people small. Governor Mike DeWine of Ohio, who is a Republican, has been at the forefront of being very, very totalitarian in the response to COVID-19, along with his acting director of public health, acting as the operative word, Dr. Amy Acton, uh, who's the, the famous late-term abortionist, to, abortionist who's head of Ohio's public health system. And uh, Governor DeWine is, is diminutive in stature, uh, diminutive in stature. So by making government large, he's made himself larger and without the, uh, without the benefit of lift shoes or stilts. Uh, well, I, I think he, I think the voters should, should provide him a Napoleon outfit. Then <laughs> We talked about that this morning. Yes, he, he can have one arm tucked in his jacket. And <laughs> he couldn't, he couldn't ride. He but, but, he couldn't ride half the roller coasters at Kings Island. He's not tall enough. Uh, if you'll hold on just a moment, more with Lowell Ponte coming up, uh, author of uh, many a book, and uh, this week in WND.com, his uh, column, and uh, another one coming up. We'll talk about that, and we'll talk about Joe Biden next on the Nightcap on 700 WLW. After our conversation continues this evening with Lowell Ponte here on 700 WLW. Gary Jeff and Lowell, uh, not only do I find you brilliant and funny and well-versed in almost everything, but you also share my affinity and appreciation for 40s music. So that's another feather in your cap as far as I'm concerned. Well, as, as I've often said, and perhaps even on this show, it's not enough to remember when your birthday occurred, when you were born. Right. It's important to think back, what was happening nine months before you were born? And in my case, <laughs> that was the month of victory in Europe Day. So, I mean, I am the definitive baby boomer. No the, doubt. The ultimate cutting-edge baby boomer. Uh, I, I'm delighted that we are here in a season when cabin fever and spring fever are gradually overcoming coronavirus fever. Yes, I... So you get to pick your poison. But you mentioned fences, and this reminds me, in California for so many years, when we had a bracero program in Southern California that would bring in workers who would then be legal and be protected and be, be able to earn money without their bosses trying to cheat them. Certainly. Uh, we, had, we have replaced that now with our Darwinian fence system. And the Darwinian fence system is basically this. You can select the quality 
the physical and mental quality of people, much as they used to do at Ellis Island. You know, we're going to give you a physical test. Well, now we just make the wall 20 feet high. And if you're able to scale a 20-foot high wall, you're in pretty good shape. If you're not able to, it, it's like at Disneyland in the early days. They had this thing, if you want to ride on the Audubon and, and play around in this little car that goes four miles an hour, uh, you have to be this tall. Well, that's basically what we do by setting, by changing, raising up and down the height of the fence on the border. We determine just the quality of the immigrant we will get by can they get over that wall. Well, I, I, I would suggest to you that the vetting that went on at Ellis Island in the great immigration wave of the late 19th, early 20th century in this country, that was exactly that was exactly what should have gone on. You, you don't want to allow a, a bunch of people from somewhere else who are not citizens to come on if they're infected with tuberculosis, for example. And, I mean, isn't there, isn't there a semblance of, I don't know, intelligence in, in using this Darwinian fence kind of relationship? Oh, all kinds of strange things get in, all the way from the new murder wasps coming in from Asia. Yeah, I heard about that. In Washington State, two-inch-long giant wasps that, by singing and biting, kill 50 people a year in Japan not to mention wiping out whole mountains of honeybees that we need. But, uh, well, well, here's an example of what we deal with in Joe Biden. For example, why hasn't Joe Biden volunteered to take a lie detector test? I haven't heard anyone mention this. And yet, if I were Biden, if I were already semi-senile, if I knew I couldn't even remember the past, uh, I would say, great, because if I can't remember it, I'll pass the lie detector it's not test. Gonna, it's not going to raise his blood pressure or make him guilty of anything, according to a, a lie detector, a polygraph. Well, you know, there are all kinds of tricks, experts say, to passing a lie detector test. Uh, because it's not really reading truth or falsehood. It's reading, as you say, the tension in your body. The reaction, yeah. The reaction. And so if you tighten the muscles and sphincters in your body, when, when you're asked those baseline questions, like what is your name, what year were you born, you can then go ahead and tighten up on other questions, and it will just read it, those, those other questions as normal and answers. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, there are That's ways to beat this, but, but Biden actually may not remember anything at all. Which means so that he, he, can't have, he can't have a... He can't have a reaction, a response that would indicate that he was not being forthcoming if he can't remember. Well, I mean, he probably does to some degree remember. Personally, I think that uh, Joe Biden was a Bill Clinton wannabe. Remember, this happened in 1993, the year Bill Clinton became president. Yeah. He was already known as, a, as, a, as an accused rapist from his days at Oxford and so on. He had already established his M.O. in Arkansas of picking on women who were government employees who the, he therefore could fire. And so he had the ability to intimidate women who were government employees, very much as this woman worked on his staff. He could have fired her at the drop of a hat. And so if he grabbed her, he assumed he could get away with it because Bill Clinton had. Bill Clinton set a very bad moral example for the country. 
Wow, and, and I, I never thought as uh, of Bill Clinton. I mean, it's an excellent point you're making. I never even thought about that angle. This is in the era of Clinton, the womanizer, the philanderer, the sexual predator, and this is against the backdrop that Joe Biden thinks he can get away with this as a senator. Oh, uh, Clinton set a whole new moral standard for the country. The New York Times, by the way, now wants to set its own moral standard. It thinks Joe Biden should be investigated, but investigated by the Democratic National Committee. <laughs> How very fair. Jeez. <laughs> oh, uh, which tells amazing. you the depth of their integrity in all of this. Oh, by the way, just in passing, en passant, as they say in chess, um, I, ha I am co-author of a white paper called The Secret War. If you'd like a copy of this on just how coronavirus may affect your money, among other things, you can get it absolutely free and postpaid just by calling a toll-free number, 800 630 1492, like the year Columbus sailed the ocean blue. That's 1-800-630-1492. And so I'm, I'm personally appalled. By the way, if you wonder why Americans should be let out, a couple of quick questions for you, All right. Mary Jeff. Uh, how many people have altogether died from COVID-19 who are age 25 or under? In the entire country of 350 million oh, it's, people. I, I don't know, but it's it's such a minuscule number. Roughly 100. Yeah. In a country where that is the number 35 with seven zeros after it. How many have died under age 45? I'm not sure. Tell me. Roughly 1,000. Okay. I mean, in statistical average, and, and half of those were in New York and New Jersey virtually. Yeah. So, I mean, we're talking about trivial numbers. I mean, each death is a horrible tragedy. But of course, if we want to save every single life, then I think you and I should get together and campaign for reducing the national speed limit to five miles an hour. And we should permanently close all the abortion clinics. Lowell Ponte, thank you very much. WND.com is where you will find him on a regular basis. And again, one 800 with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. 630-1492 if you want a copy of the white paper, The Secret War. Thank you, Lowell. God bless. All right. We continue on the nightcap in moments with uh, Blake Baboski talking about air purification. Isn't that exciting? 700 W. Back into the cap, man. 
the nightcap, that is, on 700 WLW and Gary Jeff Walker. Joining us, Vice President of Air Purification at Aeromax, which is a division of Fellows and Company from uh, northern, uh, suburban Chicago, let's put it. Blake Baboski of Aeromax Filters. How are you doing, Blake? I'm doing well. How are you doing tonight? Good. Did I did I screw up your title, or is it right? No, you, you hit it right on the head. I'm okay. Vice President, General Manager of Aramax Professional Air Treatment, a brand of Fellows Brands. All right. Uh, fantastic. Uh, you guys do HEPA filters, and you do these, and, and you've been in the business for a while, but business has really picked up lately in the era of COVID-19, hasn't it? It sure has. Uh, it's amazing that it took a pandemic for people to really understand the importance of overall hygiene and air quality as our business uh, is up over 1,600%. Oh, God, that's uh, amazing. It, it is. It's, uh, well, you know, Blake, Blake, that's the thing. For every, for every hurdle that's put in the way of business and the obstacles that are thrown, there are always, and you hate to say it this way, but there are always opportunities for companies that, suddenly matter more than they used to. And I think that would be the case in your particular uh, situation. For, for sure. It's, uh, you know, five months ago when we were having an air quality conversation with a, with a customer, you know, it might be a 90 to 120 days later of a sales cycle. Uh, and now today uh, with the pandemic, it's literally we're having a, a conversation and uh, the next day we're getting the actual purchase order. So, it's just uh, really crazy times when it comes to air quality today. Well, let me ask you this. Um, what exactly do you guys provide? What kind of equipment do you provide? I know you don't do uh, the full HVAC thing. You do more uh, localized air filtration systems like private and, and where where the employees or where the people really are as as opposed to, say, uh, a whole centralized HVAC system, right? Yeah, that's correct. So we, we, we talk about clean the air we share. So uh, John Fellows, the leader of our company, fourth generation, about 10 years ago, got into uh, wellness and, and air purifiers. And um, with our personal units, uh, they're really for residential home use. And then about six years ago, we got into commercial air purifiers, um, and uh, with that being said, these units are, we, we talk about cleaning the air in, in shared uh, locations. In so, common areas, yeah. Yeah, common areas for sure. So uh, where the source of contamination can be. Um, so if somebody, you know, is sick, has a cold or flu and coughs and sneezes, now those infectious droplets are airborne. And so we clean the air. Uh, we call it localized, like you had mentioned, where where the employees, you know, are working, you know, throughout the day. Well, let me let me ask you this: what what is the efficacy of these filters that you use HEPA filtration in in your uh, air purification? And what I mean, and and what do they actually clean the air of when yeah, you're so- when they're installed? So HEPA filters have been really around since World War II. So, you know, we use uh, four-stage filtration. So our units um, start with a a fibrous pre-filter, and that filter is going to be capturing the larger uh, airborne particulate matter. And then we have a carbon filter that's going to adsorb any gases, odors, or VOCs from the air. And then we have the HEPA filter. 
and the HEPA filter is capturing the ultra ultra fine particles at an efficiency at 99.97% down to 0.3 microns. And wow. in that, yeah. So in that HEPA filter, the ultrafine particles are captured, and if it's a bacteria virus, we, the HEPA filters are dipped in an antimicrobial treatment, so then the, the bacteria will, will starve and then die. Well, you um, actually, your filters then actually remove more of these these particulate matter than N95 masks. They call them N95 because they clean up like 95%. You're saying that your percentage is even higher with your filtration systems, right? That is correct. At 99.97% efficiency Lord. at 0.3 microns, we actually can capture down to 0.1 microns at an efficiency of 97.8%. And that's including COVID-19 or any other virus that you might encounter, right? So, yeah, so we talk about that. Um, we're very transparent with regards to COVID-19. Um, the fact of the matter, no air purifier today can actually get the strain to test against because the U.S. government is trying to find a cure and a vaccination. So we, we have a proven effective solution that's been certified to capture the H1N1 influenza at 99.99% at 35 minutes of operation. So uh, the actual um, attorney general in the state of New York was was um, going after a few air purifier companies with some misleading marketing and sales tactics, and we're, we're very transparent of, uh, of what we can capture today. So you haven't been able to test against COVID-19 with your air filtration, your HEPA filters, right? That is correct, and no, no air purifier has, I mean, because the government truly has the strain locked down. Clorox and a few other companies have been able to get the strain from the government to test against, but for air purification, that's not the case as of today. Talking to Blake Baboski of uh, Aramax, is that correct, Aramax Filters? Yeah, Aramax Professional Air Treatment, you got it. Aramax Professional Air Treatment, a division of fellows and company. And talking about what I believe is going to be part of the wave of the future as we reopen, because if you can actually clean the air in a small space and remove, whether it's a coronavirus or any other harmful germ or bacteria or virus from the air with a certain amount of efficacy, then that's going to make that a much safer environment for people to be in and for, you know, people to gather in. I, it just makes sense to me. And I, I thought about this when the president was talking about UV lighting and because a, a powerful UV light also will kill the virus on contact on surfaces or on your clothes or something like that. They've proven that. That's, that's not, that's not um, science fiction, is it? No, the, it, depending on the uh, the power of the UV, uh, UV does very well in destroying microorganisms, germs, bacteria. The only uh, negative with UV uh, takes a very slow air movement um, for the UV to work properly, so you get reduced airflow. But in general, UV uh, does a good job of destroying microorganisms that are airborne. But I can, Blake, I can imagine. In series, like one of my other jobs is as a bartender. And for the bar to open up again, I'm thinking that not only, and you can't, it's hard to enforce 
some social distancing guidelines in a business where there's not a lot of seats where people are sitting down. You, you know, you can't space people out that well at a, a big horseshoe bar like ours and guarantee six-foot distancing. You know, the cops or the public health officials come in, we're going to be written up and closed down in, in a heartbeat if that's what it's going to take. But with localized air filtration and, and measures like that, it could really be a boon for, say, restaurants and bars, could it not? Absolutely. I mean, we're seeing investments across the board from uh, restaurants, assisted living, daycare. Uh, we're seeing a lot of activity in, uh, in dental, so orthodontists and mm. dentists. Yeah. They're, they're, they're installing the units now, so when when uh, they are able to go back to work, they've already invested in, in their air quality to make it a safer working environment, not only in for a dentist, for the hygienist, but also for the patients. Right, exactly. Talking to Blake Baboski of uh, Aramax. I, I, I'll get this title down before the night's, it's not written in front of me. Uh, <laughs> uh, Will we'll, Vice President of Air Purification for Aramax Filters, Filtration Systems, uh, we'll take a break and come back. All right, Blake, a few more minutes? Sounds good. All right, fantastic. This is the Nightcap on 700 WLW. We're talking to Blake Baboski about how air filtration systems and uh, the like may be the key to us really reopening our society safely with purification systems that can literally strain the virus and uh, the bad things right out of the air that you're breathing. And since we're talking about with COVID-19, although it hadn't been tested, their systems haven't been tested against coronavirus, the current coronavirus, uh, with with that going on, you figure it's it's a disease that's transferred mainly by... Um, by respiratory droplets from one person to another, what's uh, is there anything new you guys are working on? What's the wave of the future in air filtration, Blake? Because I know you guys are on the cutting edge. You said habit filters have been around since pretty much World War II, so there's got to be some new technology that's uh, that's bubbling under the surface right now, is there? Yeah, there is, and I'd like to just briefly mention uh, our PureView technology. We launched uh, mid-2018, and PureView is actually – making the invisible visible. So when you're talking air purification, um, how do you know it's working? You know, you, you check the filter, you know, a few months after yeah. you installed it, you'll see the, the, the particles, the, the dust in the, the filter. But with our PureView system, uh, we actually have a visual screen on our, on our units. So uh, the, the screen shows uh, what, what the unit's doing. Is it clean or cleaning? And so there's uh, sensors turns on by motion, sound, odor, and then we have a laser uh, sensor that is um, it's, it's, uh, taking measurements of all of the ultra-fine particles in the air, and it, it comes up with a number. So um, on the particulate matter screen, 0 to 12 is considered clean, 12.1 to 35 is fair, and 35.1 and higher is poor. So you're given a visual representation right on right on the machine. We're the only wall-mounted unit with a PM 2.5 visual screen. So uh, parents dropping off their children at a daycare yeah. at a moment's notice, they can look at the screen to see how the air quality is. An HR director 
uh, at an, in an office environment can go up to the machine, tap it, and see what the PM 2.5 levels are. Um, it's reassuring that uh, not only to the end user, but to the employees, to the patients, to the customers, that there's something above and beyond uh, being used uh, other than HVAC. You're using a localized system to clean the, clean the air in a shared space. Okay, so a shared space. How, how big of a shared space does one of your filtration systems uh, take care of? Yes, yeah, so we, we um, on our smaller unit, we do, uh, it handles 300 square feet at an air exchange every 12 minutes. So five air exchanges per hour. The larger unit uh, handles uh, 600 square feet with an air exchange every um, uh, 12 minutes or five times per hour. So that's really what's needed. Uh, to help people with asthma, uh, allergies, um, that type of filtration, and that velocity of airflows throughout throughout the hour. So five air exchanges. I'm not sure how much square footage we're talking about in the uh, the bar that I work in, for example. It's not a huge place, but it's not tiny, and uh, there's there's room for some social distancing. But it's a situation where maybe you'd need two or three of these units to fully cover the entire square footage? Yeah, more than likely. Uh, we typically take the total square footage and then just divide it by, you know, the... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit. A larger unit of 600 square feet. We, we're in installations over 50,000 square feet, um, as, you know, as small as a couple hundred square feet. Yeah. You, you just need, you'll need that many more units, obviously, for a larger, a larger area. So, I mean, you're talking about, like we've had this situation, Blake, with... Um, with meatpacking plants and processing plants right now, some of those are immensely huge. Uh, and and while the workers are in tight enough conditions that they can transfer this back and forth, apparently, because they you know they're just working in these conditions that are they're they're tightly in to a large space. But if you're talking about like an Amazon warehouse or something like that, it might require. Uh, many, many of these localized systems to cover the entire area. Yeah, that'd be correct. It would, typically, it's not a warehouse installation. Uh, type right. Of well, you, you talked about fifty thousand square feet, and I'm yeah, I'm thinking yeah, about so, some warehouses are that size. Yeah. So this was uh, a dental lab in Salt Lake uh, City, where they had five floors of production where they're manufacturing you. teeth. So uh, they're milling, they're grinding, they're polishing. Uh, you know, up to ten foot ceilings. That's the type of environment we can really, truly help. Uh, anything over 20-plus, you know, foot ceilings, it's just so much cubic feet of air. Uh, you just need a lot of units. Well, it sounds to me like you're – how long have you been doing this, Blake? 
I've been selling air treatment for four years now. Mm. And I got to tell you, it is, uh, it's very self-fulfilling knowing that you can help people, uh, you know, just live a healthier life, um, protecting them from, uh, bacteria, viruses, asthma, allergies. It's yeah. uh, very rewarding every day to go to work and knowing that, that you can help. That's great. Again, give me your title so I don't screw it up. Uh, Vice President, General Manager of Aramax Professional. All right. And that's, uh, again, a division of fellows and company. Blake Baboski, our guest this evening. And I, I wish you nothing but the best. I mean, I would say that to anybody because I do. I, I, I want people to succeed and, and do the things and live their dreams and help people like you're doing. Um, but from a, a more selfish mercenary standpoint, I wish you success and uh, in helping us maybe get back out, you know, to out from under this COVID-19 crap that we're living under right now. And I think air filtration is going to be one of those ways that's going to help us reestablish ourselves outside the house. Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, we always talk about clean hands, clean surfaces, and clean the air. And, and now I believe everybody truly understands the importance of, of uh, clean air. So um, I do appreciate your time, and, and you stay well. I appreciate yours. Thank you very much, Blake. And with that, we uh, roll on on this nightcap on 700 WLW. It's another hour of this nightcap on 700 WLW for Monday, May 4th, 2020. Gary Jeff Walker and you together again, just the way I like it. And joining us on the line is one Craig Cecilio, who is a CEO and founder of Diversifund, which is a tech-enabled platform that helps the everyday guy, the schmuck like you and me, earn like the one percenters. And uh, tonight, the subject with uh, Mr. Cecilio is, and this is the next shoe that's going to drop in the effects of our economy being shut down by COVID-19. Whether you think that's justified or not, this is a matter of fact. There were more than 30 million people who have filed for unemployment. The economy obviously is in great disarray. People without jobs. And soon they may find themselves without homes or on the way to being out on the streets because people are having a hard time paying their mortgage. And here we are, Craig, almost two months into this thing, and uh, it's the first of the month. And thankfully for me and my wife, number one, I've, I've got this job still, uh, one of the two jobs that I had had before all this started. And uh, secondly, I had planned ahead, so I, I'm not worried about paying my rent immediately, but... Uh, it could come up if this continues another couple of months. So, so tell me exactly what you do at Diversifund, and then we'll get into uh, this story about people not being able to pay the mortgage and what we should do if that's the case for us. Yeah, you could say that we had good timing with this company. We built it out of the last downturn, and really a lot of the regulations didn't get passed that we could utilize till 2016. So we built a tech-enabled platform to allow the everyday investor uh, to, to build wealth, to build generational wealth, uh, just like the 1%. And during these downturns, you see a lot of institutional investors, a lot of family offices. Yeah. They get wealthier. They buy stuff at discounts. So they're kind of licking their chops on the sidelines right now, waiting for things to go down, and they're going to snatch it for pennies on the dollar. 
And so we have a platform that allows anyone to participate because we leverage technology for low minimums, so you could kind of participate in what they're doing, so we could kind of go up against them. In other words, you don't and, have to have you don't have to have a huge nest egg to get involved no. with investing through Diversify. Yeah, no, no, it's minimums are five hundred dollars. So oh wow! Everyone has an opportunity to start, and we just give the everyday guy a fight and chance to get out of this thing that we're in today. And it's it's so just mesmerizing. I'm looking at the numbers. I mean, it's off the charts. Uh, back into like 1948, it says we're, we're back into, uh, uh, attracting some of these things since 1948, uh, eclipsing the 10.8% rate touched in late 1902 at the end of the double digit recession by Reagan's terms. Losses and jobs produced highest unemployment rates since records began in 1948. I mean, that's, that's historical stuff we're going through right now. It's crazy. So what would you recommend for somebody who's finding it uh, difficult or impossible to pay their mortgage right now? Well, you, you got to see the relief you can get. And, uh, and I got to say, what vocation are you in? What, what, what are you doing? Is Can you get another job? Is there one out there for you temporarily or long term? There, there is people that are, are – there's Amazon, there, there's CBS stores, there's – Dominoes. There's a lot of jobs that aren't attractive out there, but you can get. I start looking around. Uh, I'm concerned about the small business owner more. Are you getting those PPP loans? Uh, they're saying that, uh, what, 75% of those funds just go through employee salaries. So there, there's other things you have to spend the money on if you're running a business, sure. such as uh, your inventory, uh, your rent, your, your marketing, and that stuff. But generally speaking, some, some landlords and are, will, will work with you if you have a viable business. Uh, so I, I'd reach out to them for some assistance as well. I think generally speaking, people want to help each other, and you, you got to do everything. You got you you got to look out for yourself. You got to say, as a small business owner, you got to see what how can you adapt in this new world, and, and just don't think of it as a the pandemic world. Think of it as a new world. It, it's changed. And how how can you start moving forward? Because you can take steps today to move forward. Oh, podcasts are huge right now, Craig, and you have one called Driven to Win. Tell me about that just a minute. Yeah, yeah, we just uh, re- renamed it Exponential Wealth, uh, a leadership, excuse me, Exponential Leadership. Uh, we're going around and in, in, in talking to various uh, uh, leaders and uh, talking about as, as how are, are they leading today's world? Uh, what, what, is, what are they doing? How are they overcoming adversity? Uh, th- this hits on every single layer of society, and we're just going to share those stories with everyone this year. Fantastic. Well, is there any way people can find you, Craig Cecilio? Easy through my social handles, Craig Cecilio, uh, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. I'm all around. Uh, company websites, diversityfund.com. Very easy to find. Diversity Fund. Make sure I've got that right. And, uh, and uh, Craig Cecilio, it's, it's good to talk to you. I'm sorry we have got just a brief window tonight, but maybe uh, later on we can talk more about this because this is a story that's not going away anytime soon. And as far as being able to make money in a down market, I, I think a lot of people want to want to get a handle on that and figure out how the one percent continue to stay wealthy. Yep, they're looking their chops. They are. They're 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 there's going great, after things. Craig, there's things. a great scene, and I just fifteen seconds in the 1946 movie. It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart. I don't know if you've seen it or not. Where yep. the the Great Depression is happening, there's a run on the bank. And Jimmy Stewart is there at the building and loan, and he tells these investors who want their money now, said, Potter's not panicking, he's buying. 
the richest guy in town in the middle of this run on the bank in the middle of the Great Depression is picking up as much as he he's picking up bargains left and right. And there's always room for people to do that, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right. It's- And the nightcap rolls on. 700 WLW. Here is a discussion with from UC Health psychologist Dr. Chard. Are you feeling stressed out? Chances are you're probably not alone. Let's continue. Dr. Kate Chard is director of UC Health Stress Center and professor of psychiatry and behavioral neuroscience at UC College of Medicine, specializing in anxiety and post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, while our present and future's days become more complicated and stressful, Dr. Chard answering some pressing questions, providing some clarity for our mental health and wellness, of which I found in short supply before the coronavirus infection, Dr. Chard. So imagine what I'm going through now. And first and foremost, and I've heard this from other psychologists and people in your field, that there are a lot of Americans who've never been to a war zone who are suffering from PTSD right now. Are there not? Oh, absolutely. You can get PTSD from a significant car accident, a mm-hmm. natural disaster, but we, we don't even think about things like a bad ATV accident with our kids when they're out playing with the family, a bad hunting accident, a workplace accident, yeah. and then, of course, the bigger ones like rape and child abuse and things like that that affect millions of people every year. Uh According to the Disaster Stress Hotline, which is like a 24-7, 365 national hotline that provides counseling for people facing emotional distress, mental health needs rose over 891% in the past month. That's just, that's amazing. It's really unfortunate that we know when people are stressed from something outside, and it can be even just a a bad workplace, that stress comes home. But that stress also impacts the person themselves. So we know we're seeing higher rates of domestic violence. We're seeing higher rates of child abuse when we've begun doing interventions and calls with people. They're just stuck together, and they're stressed, and there's no way out. And so, unfortunately, a lot of that stress gets turned outside into the family or into the self, where you start feeling more depressed that you can't take care of your family or more anxious about how am I going to get my next paycheck if my job doesn't come back. What kind of medical issues and dangers are being posed and poised by the lockdown itself? that are not being recognized right now. Well, I think one of the things that we know is stress does lead to medical problems. Yes. We know that people who have higher rates of stress, and you've probably seen this yourself in friends and family, is that can lead to you know diabetes, poor eating. It can lead to heart disease, um, stroke, and then all sorts of those stomach things, you know, the ulcers and the colitis and the cystitis. So stress has a really um, strong and sometimes long-term impact on the body physically. Well, they say that even cancer can be can be uh, people can be a uh, you know their their system and what i've been told dr chard uh by people who are medical professionals is that we all have some form of cancer and most of the time our immune system our body takes care of it but when anxiety becomes an overriding psychological issue 
Does that, in fact, lower your, your immunity? It, it does, indeed. And I think we need to remember, you've brought up such a great point. Stress is a natural part of life. Stress is normal. Stress motivates us, right? When we yeah. stress a muscle, it makes the muscle stronger. And we, we have stress when we get married. We have stress when we have kids. And that's positive stress. But stress that's more of a negative stress or an ongoing, demanding stress that doesn't go away leads to anxiety. And, and you really hit the nail on the head in that long-term anxiety that's just pounding away at the system over and over again that doesn't have an outlet does cause changes. We know it causes changes in the immune system. It can lead, like you said, to more cancers. People who have more anxiety get more colds, more coughs. So, yeah. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Yes, unfortunately, this is a double whammy for us because people are trying to avoid getting sick right now, but being anxious and stressed increases the likelihood you're going to get sick. Talking to Dr. Kate Chard, director of UC Health Stress Center. Nature or nurture? Is stress, is anxiety genetic? Can anyone have it? Uh, what's the deal with that? So we all have stress. Yeah, uh, every one of us. You just mentioned that. Right? We all do, and and we handle it to varying degrees. Um, but you're you're exactly right. The the level of the stress and whether it leads to anxiety or not is is somewhat you know nature because obviously if you're getting um, you know a genetic component from your family where we already know that the family comes with a high anxiety parent, then obviously the kid is going to have that genetic predisposition to be more anxious. And that's true for post traumatic stress smoking, cancers, a lot of these things run in families. But we also know that the environment does play a role. So there are lots of people we know who come out of families where um, smoking's been rampant and they don't smoke a, a cigarette in their entire life. So we do know that the way we treat the person outside of the genetics can change things. And that's why I always say, don't assume that the deck is stacked against you. There are things that often you can do to at least um, lessen the impact of your genes. Well, people say that they, for example, they smoke because they're, they're anxious or they have stress. I, as a former cigarette smoker, Dr. Chard, uh, it's been nine months, actually, this month. Congratulations. I, thank you, since I quit cold turkey. Um, 
I find that I have less stress than mm-hmm. I used to when I was smoking. Does that surprise you? I think no. I think that's absolutely wonderful, and I love hearing you say that out loud for the listeners because I think in the, in the short run, yes, that cigarette does make you feel less stress, but that's because you're having that addiction moment, and the, the anxiety is actually coming from that addiction to the nicotine, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're feeling that I've got to have it, and yes, you do feel less stress because the cigarette meets that need. But once you take away that need then you don't need the cigarette to fill it. And you can actually have other needs that are more healthy, like I feel a need to go for a walk or to go for a run or to eat something healthy. And and you'll actually feel a lot less anxious because there's not that pull to I have to have something. Right. Uh, common symptoms of anxiety. I mean, how can you tell outside of uh, the fact that you're red in the face and you're yelling at someone who just stepped in front of you in line and in, in your head uh, what, what are the what are the symptoms of anxiety so people can kind of clarify what they're going through when they're going through it sure well obviously all people are different but i think some of the things that people um, maybe don't realize is anxiety is that excessive worrying. And some people will just say, oh, but I'm a planner. I'm just taking care of everything. Well, are you staying up at night thinking about it? Are you agitated about it? Are, are you um, chopping people off at the at the knees when they try to ask you about it? Are you often really, really tired and having problems concentrating um, or even fearful about things? And, and what we know is if left untreated, some of the physical symptoms can be headaches and loss of sleep, even that high blood pressure and jaw pain. Um, but we even have people with chest pain that will mimic the sensation of having a heart attack purely from a panic perspective of the anxiety. So what's the difference between stress and anxiety? Well, stress is the normal thing we all go through. And I often like to have people think about um, positive stresses in their lives, things that really push them to be better, push them to be stronger. Um, you may find that, you know, your priest or your reverend pushes you to think about religion. Again, working out can definitely be a positive stressor every time you stress that muscle, right? But then there are things that we would call distress, things that are more negative. So if you are having trouble paying your bills, if you're worried about your child's health, then this can be become distress and that's what can lead to anxiety if not treated over time so if somebody gets to the point where they're so impacted by the anxiety that they're having that it prevents them from functioning i mean when we're allowed to function again that is uh it might be you say maybe that's the time to have a like a psychological workup done you know it's really helpful sometimes just to talk to someone and and see how it is a lot of people when they get um, anxious or upset or even with post-traumatic stress or depression they don't realize they have it until they hit rock bottom until friends and family are saying you know there's something really desperately wrong and it's time for an intervention exactly and it doesn't have to go that far you know if, if even a few people are saying wow you're kind of grumpy all the time or it's really hard to talk to you or you seem more worried about this than usual it, it doesn't hurt to have that assessment and fortunately you know we do provide these assessments for people at UC at the VA um, on telehealth so you don't even have to worry about going in you don't have to worry about leaving your kids there are ways for you to have these appointments online all right well and if your skype doesn't work or your zoom doesn't work and the telehealth call then you've got more stress there Uh, (laughs) (laughs) well that's why we do it over the phone if we have to right right exactly uh as far as kids and dealing with their anxiety during covid19 i mean as little as we adults understand about what's going on 
it's really hard for a, for a child to process, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Their entire world has been flipped upside down, and we know kids love structure. You know, I think there's a delicate balance of too much structure. We don't want to become that parent that has every minute structure, but people do better with structure in general, but especially children, and all of that has just been whipped out from under them, and the parents are at home maybe trying to work from home or look for a job for home or manage their finances and, and trying to help the kid go to school at the same time or deal with the issues of graduation, but kids listen. And a lot of times people think, oh, he's over there on the iPad, he can't hear me. That child can hear everything you're saying on that phone call. They know everything you're doing. And so when they're hearing your stress, it makes them stressed. So I always say try to keep those conversations where you're really anxious or stressed away from the children. But also sometimes when a child comes to a parent and says, Mama, what were you talking about? Or it sounds like that we should be worried about COVID. Parents in an attempt to be maybe nurturing will say, oh, no, 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 nothing for you to worry about. Don't think about it. Well, the kid is thinking about it. That's why they just asked because they heard you or they saw something on the news. And so it may be helpful to say, well, what did you hear and what are you thinking? And then talking through what their Mm -hmm. worries are because the more we can lessen our child's worry, the less they're going to act up because an anxious child will also then become a behavioral issue potentially that now the parent has another thing on their list. Dr. Kachard, you said that uh, sometimes you just need to talk to somebody. I feel less stressed than before we started talking. Do you? Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Okay. Dr. Kachard from UC Health uh, Psychiatry. And if you find that your stress or anxiety becomes unmanageable, uh, you can, as Dr. Shard said, schedule an e-visit with UC Health Psychiatry by calling 513-558-5872. 513-558-5872. Thank you, Dr. Chard. Thank you so much. While many of the votes haven't been counted, some are still being counted. We've had almost a week to digest Ohio's primary election and issue election from last Tuesday, with a look at the results and looking ahead, Hamilton County Republican Party Chairman Alex Triantafilu joins us. The one, the only Alex Triantafilu. So let's get down to the uh, basic nuts and bolts of what uh, passed for a primary election in Ohio last week. And uh, some issues, like Issue 7, still are undecided because of the provisional ballots and such be, that being such a close issue-oriented race. But now that the other things are decided, um, judgeship primaries, uh, commissioner primaries, and the like, and uh, the sheriff's race, for example, another big issue for Hamilton County voters in the fall, that was not just a minor drubbing that Jim Neal took in the primary because so many people in Hamilton County apparently hate Donald Trump. Uh, that was That was a landslide of just almost biblical proportions with McGuffey winning on the Democrat side to face off against Bruce Hoffauer in the fall. How, how do you look at that race, particularly the sheriff's race? The, the way I look at that race is it shows you how totally intolerant uh, the Democratic Party is in Hamilton County of, of any kind of diverse point of view, right? I mean, Jim Neal, all he did was in his capacity as high sheriff of Hamilton County, uh, he attended a, a rally uh, by the President of the United States, and for that reason, uh, he ends up in a 70-30 loss uh, in the Democratic primary. The Democrats have done so far to the left, so far to the extreme left, not only in this county but in this country, that uh, you know it's almost that party's just not the same party that you know Bill Clinton ran in. It's certainly. 
even even Barack Obama, dare we even say it, in 2008, you know, Barack Obama was uh, for traditional marriage and more of a traditional Democrat, uh, and now that party's gone way to the left. So what you've seen is, you know, they they essentially oust, you know, a longtime Democrat and Jim Neal in their primary. Now, Jim Neal's a good man. I mean, I you know, I, I think uh, I can say it now. We're not running against him. You know, he's done a pretty good job there. Uh, but we have a better alternative in Bruce Hoffbauer than the person that they're going to have, and that's Charmaine McGuffey. So I like our chances. Uh, if you'll tune in today and you really want to talk about qualifications for office, forget about politics, right, left, center, or anything else. Look at qualifications. Bruce Hoffbauer has been in the command structure of the Cincinnati Police Division, you know, which is a large uh, police office uh, yes. there at the, at the city, and he's just done a great job. So uh, Bruce Hoffbauer will be the guy for us for sheriff. I like our chances. To answer specifically in that race. That's how I see the primary. You do, you do like, up. you do like uh, Bruce Hoffbauer's chances, even in a uh, county that's become increasingly blue. We're realistic about the county and what's happened uh, demographically, and we we know uh, this just gets tougher a little bit every cycle. But yes, we think on qualifications uh, and on background. Once people take a look at Bruce Hoffbauer's resume and understand that he's. He's a police officer way before he's a politician. You know, his father was 50 years in the sheriff's office. Wow. He himself just recently retired from Cincinnati. His wife's a police officer. His daughter's a police officer. His son's a firefighter. This is a family designed and built for service, uh, not about politics, not, you know, not the petty politics of the day. Bruce Hoffbauer will be a sheriff for every citizen and to protect you and your community and not play politics in the office. So he's the right choice for that job. What about Andy Black and his challenge to a seat on the Hamilton County Commissions? He's a great guy, Andy Black. And let me also tell you that our chances as Republicans got better on the primary there as well. Andy Black was in a good position to begin with, but it looks like Alicia Reese is going to be their candidate. Uh, you know, this is this is another far left candidate. When Alicia Reese's record in the state house comes to light, people begin to understand what she's for. She's a far left progressive candidate, um, and she won't have the kind of widespread uh, community support that Andy Black has. Andy Black's a prodigious fundraiser as well, so he'll have the the ability to get his message out to a lot of voters. And he's the only right choice. And look, we need some political diversity on that commission. We need at least one conservative or center right sounding voice andy black is that great voice for for you know fiscal conservatism and common sense we need it desperately right now you've got nobody of that thinking on that commission so again alicia reese we think a better candidate to run against although i think he'd beat county village as well but yeah we like where we stand on that commission race with andy black what about judgeships and things people voters should look for in the judge races in the fall well, the judgeships are a big deal, and you know, in th- this program, in particular, you, I know, Brian Thomas has been terrific about trying to educate people about this. It's really important, folks, that you know who your judges are. You know, we had the good news for us is we only had one judicial primary. They had a bunch of primaries on the Democratic side. We just had one. Thank God, it's over. We're going to have thirteen terrific judicial candidates out there. You can know who they are by looking up gopjudges.com. Gopjudges.com. So uh, that's how you're going to know who your judges are in this county. You know, great. Names you know, guys like Judge Ralph Winkler and Judge uh, Pat Dinkelacker and just people who've done a great, great job for Hamilton County, experienced, committed jurists, uh, conservative-minded people that are doing the right thing. So the way you're going to know all those names, though, because there's a lot of them, Gary Jeff, is you're going to go to GOPjudges.com. All right. Any comments on uh, Ohio's Director of Public Health? (laughs) Uh, You know, I make it a habit to uh, not talk about her and – but uh, we're in an interesting time, Gary Jeff, that's for sure. Now we're in a very interesting time right now. Hmm. 
I, I figured I'd get that from you. Because <laughs> I know you usually don't comment and didn't comment about issue seven as well, which is still undecided at this point because of the uh, the nature of how the balloting was done and the provisional ballots that are still out there. There were many. That was a very, very close race. And it looked almost like it was going to be a slam dunk for that issue to pass. And in the ultimate result, not so much. A very, very close vote, wasn't it? Very close vote. And, you know, there's still thousands of votes. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Votes left to be counted. Those are, you know, overseas votes, mm-hmm. military votes, other votes that are coming in votes that came in at the 11th hour. So that, that issue could go down. Can I give you a, just a 30-second kind of interpretation of those results from the Republican sure. perspective? And as I've told all our supporters, primary night was a good night for Republicans. We, you know, we think Hoffbauer's in a better position, Black's in a good position. Um, you know, we really like the rest of our slate coming out of, uh, coming out of the primary. But on the issue seven, you got to remember the Democrats had a reason to go vote in this primary because they had a presidential primary. We didn't. So some people see those numbers. They don't understand them. You know, 2012, for instance, we had a lot of Republicans voting in the primary. The Democrats had nobody because they had Obama as their incumbent. On our side, the opposite is true in 2020. The Democrats had a big reason to come out and vote because they had a primary for president until the final week there. We did not. So they had, you know, anyway, for all those Democrats going to the polls, they still couldn't slam dunk issue seven. Uh, that tells me that there are some common sense Democrats in this town that aren't, you know, weren't ready to, to vote for a tax increase. And, you know, I wasn't quiet about issue seven. What I said is we had Republicans on both sides of the issue, prominent Republicans, elected officials, some of them in favor, some very strong Republicans against. All I said was, look, you know, make your own choice, and why have the big, bad downtown party tell you how to vote on every single issue? Yeah. It's a hot enough issue. People could do their homework. And, you know, I'm pleased that we had a robust conversation about it in our community, and the people decided. So we'll see how that shakes out there, Gary Jeff, on Issue 7. Talking to everybody practice, Ken, Alex Triantafilu. And uh, I wanted to ask you about, um, just real quickly before we finish, Alex T., I wanted to ask you about you what you make of how the president has been handling uh, this COVID-19 crisis. You know, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of this president. He's a doer. You know, he's, he's look, I've said this a million times, uh, Gary Jeff, you know, he's, he's not a classic politician. So if you want him up there sort of saying all the nice things that politicians say and all the touchy-feely nonsense that we've seen from politicians, that's not who America voted for. They voted for a, a brash, uh, get-it-done kind of business leader. And, uh, you know, what some, what some people in the mainstream press and on the far left can't stand, I love. I think he's very just no-nonsense, direct, trying to get the job done, and then he's optimistic about the, the economy and the future of the economy. I think the best thing he said so far is he's like, you know, I built a great economy once, and I'll do it again. Uh-huh. And I think that's exactly right. This is a man who understands the free market. That's what's going to rescue us out of this crisis. So I think he's exactly the right guy. I think he's done a good job, and I think – when you point out some of the hypocrisy, when you point out some of the bias that comes out of the news media, that just that you know that tends to get them even more fired up. But if you objectively look at what he's saying, he's been treated unfairly, largely by the press. 
And, uh, you know, I also think that he's done a very good job managing it through the crisis. So I, I think he's scored, you know, major points in this crisis. All right. Alex Triantafilu, as always, you score major points with me just by coming on. And, <laughs> and I appreciate that. Thank you, sir. Back into the nightcap as we wrap up a conversation with Gregory Wrightstone, the author of Inconvenient uh, Inconvenient Facts, the science that Al Gore doesn't want you to know, also the curator, the inventor, the originator of the Inconvenient Facts app. If you want to know anything about what's going on with our planet and with the ecology and with global warming, climate change, whatever, and what's affecting it and what the truths are, those are the places to check. First, Gregory Wrightstone, good evening. Oh, great, great, great. Yeah, there's uh, there's a lot going on here. Uh, uh, everybody seems to be devoted to COVID nineteen. There's uh, there's a lot of an, of an attempt to equate climate change to this COVID or COVID nineteen mm-hmm. uh, issue. But uh, but I in my book I, I predated this. I I devoted an entire chapter to temperature and mortality uh, relating temperature related uh, deaths. Uh, uh, to to climate change, and uh, so I've been writing about this for a number of years, and and my latest commentary really deals with the seasonality of the of this corona, the family of coronaviruses, and it's fascinating that your your listeners are going to go wow when they hear some of this stuff. There's because uh, because what we find is the family of coronaviruses, we don't know about this one per se. But the family of coronavirus, the other ones are strongly seasonal in terms of going from November to April. And no, you're talking uh, about SARS and MERS and and, uh, actually, and the common yeah. cold, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's it, this this one, COVID nineteen, is in that same family. Uh, and what we find is the, the recent study. Doctor uh, Oz has been talking about it on Fox News. Mm-hmm. Uh, this 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 Yale, or excuse me, Yale study. Uh, talks about, and they researched a lot of this information about the seasonality of this and what are the main reasons. Why is it seasonal? And they related three factors, temperature, humidity, uh, and vitamin D. Vitamin D, I think, let, let's just talk, we, we only have a few minutes, so let's, let's focus on vitamin D. Okay. Uh, vitamin D is among the elderly, and among the African American or those with a darker skin complexity, those of South Asians uh, have a strong. They're endemic with vitamin D deficiencies during the winter. And and vitamin D, if you don't know, and your listeners may not, I'm sure they are. You've got a smart listener base. Your vitamin D is really uh, very very strongly related to your ability to fight off. Uh, Infections. It's, it's strongly related to your immunity. You need a big vitamin D component to fight off infections. And what we see is this endemic deficiency in vitamin D in both the elderly and in the the black uh, and heavily pigmented population of the world. Right, right. And, and it's because basically that the the sun, when they get exposure to sun, 
and and the elderly, you know, don't get a lot of exposure to sunlight. I mean, well, it's true. No, it's I, I more, mean, than, it's, it's more, more than, than that. that. Okay, it's more than that. The elderly, as it turns out, the elderly, as you age, you're able to generate less and less vitamin D with the same. The, according to this, the same study, stimulus. If you go to my if you go to my website inconvenientfacts.xyz, you'll be able to look. I've got a I've got a video up about this. I've got a link to it. And what happens is the elderly uh, actually with the same sun ex- you get vitamin D from sun exposure for sure. the most part. So the elderly receive twenty percent less vitamin D in their system as does a twenty year old. For the same amount of sun exposure. Really? So, now think about this. And also, the heavily pigmented people, the African Americans, they also reference the South Asians, the Indians, the people with dark pigmentation. Right. Uh, also, just because they are, are, because of the melanin in their system, they fight off and they don't create as much vitamin D, so they have vitamin D deficiencies in the winter just like the elderly. And think about that. Isn't that interesting? Because we've got, who's most affected by this? The elderly? And there's also a subpopulation of, of, of African Americans. Well, what if it is related to vitamin D? Um, there, there's, I'm a, I take vitamin D every day, and I'm stepping it up, actually. And, and uh I'm not giving medical advice here over the No, radio, no, I get but, that. But I'm just, I'm just sharing information, and this is from this Yale study. Can, again, you can go to my, uh, to the website inconvenientfacts.xyz to find out some of this information, and, and and this is this is just flat out right from this study from Yale, and it's it's isn't that fascinating? Have you, you no know one that you're list, that's listening right now? Has probably ever heard this. No, I, it's it's new to me. It's this is all a revelation to me because I I knew that the elderly and people with uh, you know uh, kind of uh, threatened immune systems and people with underlying conditions were more susceptible to COVID nineteen. And I know that the African American community has been more affected, uh, adversely affected yeah. by by coronavirus more than the rest of the population. And that was always assumed because African Americans, especially in America, tend to have more problems with obesity and diabetes mm, and heart yeah. disease and the like. But you think there's a, a very strong connection well, to, to vitamin D absorption. And, well, it's a possibility. I'm not saying it is, but No, but I mean it brings up something totally it, new. It, yeah. Yeah. And it's isn't it wouldn't that be great? I mean I I holy cow, this is I mean it's it's this this has just come out. Um it's an easy thing. Everybody can take. I take vitamin D, uh, and I, again, I'm going to step it up. Uh, but I'm not. I, I'm not living in fear. I'm not. You know, I have other people I know that are just absolutely scared to death of this. Oh, and me gonna, too. Yeah. And they're they're going to live uh, in fear to the year 2024. Well, fine, fine. Okay, cower in fear in your home to 2024, and then and then I'll get together with you. You know, come on out. I'm not a sheep. I get together. Uh, I get together with my family, with my daughter and and grandchildren. Yeah, uh, we get gather regularly, and and this this thing is going to go away. All these others have, and 
yeah, we need to be, protect ourselves and be and but it's it's well the research into therapeutics and and vaccines is all well and good and the social distancing I guess has served its purpose in this country anyway uh, to, to whatever extent that that actually made a difference but add the component of getting enough vitamin D it's not a it's not something that's going to hurt you there's no yeah. bad side effects from having an ample amount of vitamin yeah. D in your system so why not yeah well the other thing. Uh, I, I, another recent commentary I wrote was concerning uh, there was a, a recent webinar in, on April 2nd about how the media needs to communicate climate change to in an era of COVID-19 because they were just getting shut out. And, and what they're going to be doing is is just absolutely doubling down. There's a there, <laughs> there's an all-out effort uh, to to equate COVID-19 to climate change that it's our fault that we were. Uh, because of climate change, we were interacting with monkeys. And well, this bats. is this, this is the same people who will tell. These are the same people who will tell you you've got to listen to the science, and they're bringing forth all these unscientific arguments to uh, to fit their agenda. Gregory Wrightstone, as always, a pleasure to talk to you, sir. Inconvenientfacts.org, or is it dot org or dot com? Dot .xyz. Dot .xyz. and the inconvenience. Uh, inconvenient facts app for your phone so you can get the real straight dope from Mr. Wrightstone. Uh, Greg, thank you so much. Thank you. You bet. And with that, we conclude tonight's broadcast with the National Anthem on 700 WLW. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.